welcome to the Self-Satisfied Podcast. I'm Britta, and I'm here with my best friend. Hello, welcome. (laughs) So we're just going to start by introducing ourselves and talking about what our issues are. Um, I'm Britta. I'm newly 35 years old, and I'm struggling with a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The first issue... um, that I feel that I struggle with is codependency, not necessarily in a way that's directly related to addiction, but more through learned behaviors through generations. I learned, obviously learned how to process and express my emotions from my parents, and they dealt with parents and grandparents that were abusive and had issues with addiction, and I that just kind of trickled down to me. I have some attachment issues, processing and expressing needs and emotions didn't really happen in my home. And when it did, it never really went well. It usually, things were stuffed down deep until they got to a point where they could not be hidden anymore. And then things would explode. So people, things, etc., were thrown, shit got broken. Nothing was ever said about needs or wants or feelings without being screamed. That kind of made me mean for a long time. And for years, Everything was either done my way or I was a total asshole about it. And then around 15, I decided I didn't really like who I was and I didn't like being negative and mean. So I couldn't change the people around me. Like I couldn't get a new family, whatever. So I could change how I reacted to it. And I think that led to a lot of issues with my sense of self. Uh, since I couldn't fa- change my family, circumstance, kids at school, etc., but I could choose to look at the good in those things and accept whatever it was I was given and make the best out of it. So I kind of went a little bit toxic positivity with it. Seemed like a good choice, and it felt like a good choice. I really, for a decade, felt like I was happier that way. I didn't realize that I kind of swung too hard into the direction of optimism and was forcing myself to see good when... I should have also been seeing the bad. Anytime there is a decision to be made, a need that I wasn't being met for myself, uh, toxic behavior being shown, I kind of hid that in a corner of my mind and said, okay, but look at all these good things. So, you know, the the analogy I use the most is like, oh, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. I guess pizza would be good. I don't want pizza. Maybe burgers. Well, I don't want burgers, but I don't hate burgers and it's going to make that person happy. So, yeah, sure. Burgers sound good. Or, man, your friends are annoying. Well, you know, at least this guy tolerates my friends and I'm sure we only hang out with his friends, but his friends are okay. And, uh, you know, it's not like he doesn't allow my friends to come hang out and I like his friends, so it's fine that he thinks the important people in my life aren't great. Wow, I feel really lonely and disconnected from my husband. (laughs) And I think it's because we don't really have any interaction as a couple outside of sex. We don't go on dates or hold hands or cuddle, but he does a lot of other nice stuff for me. So bringing it up just feels kind of petty. I can deal with this. It's just not how he shows love. And after doing this for 20 years, since I was 15 years old, uh, I don't really now know what I like or need or want in a relationship or in life outside of making other people happy and comfortable. So I don't really trust my own feelings. And when someone hurts me, I'm usually quick to overanalyze that, correct myself, put myself in their shoes, say, okay, why could they be doing this action that hurts me? And then say, okay, they did X, but does all the good things they do, does that outweigh the shitty thing that they just did? I know I can't change somebody. I can only accept it or not accept it. And 
pretty much 100% of the time I choose to accept it. It's never really occurred to me that I could advocate for my needs and wants and feelings and allow them to consider them in the future and that that's not really manipulative or controlling, but just giving them the, the option to, to know and love me better. I guess most of that's still an attachment, but it still led to not knowing or trusting my own thoughts or decisions. All of these issues, which for the most part I've just realized in the last year or so, have led to me and my husband separating after being together for 15 years, broken up once previously for about a year after I told him my needs weren't being met and I'd had an emotional affair with some nub on the internet. We re-entered the relationship after about a year. And we had said when we did that, you know, we were going to communicate better and it was great for a while, but after, you know, six months to a year, my needs weren't being met still same ways, but I decided that our relationship was too good and valuable to me to let things like quality time or affection ruin it. And again, I'd honestly convinced myself that I was happy and everything was good and that I, I had a great relationship. Then all of a sudden he got super distant and there were no I love you's or kisses before work or nicknames. Suddenly my money was my money and not his. And he was really weird about accepting, you know, me giving him money to do things. Then he was sleeping downstairs. Then he was moving out. <laughs> and it took months of living together to, to come to the fact that he still had resentment over my connection with another guy and that he'd been trying to force that down for five years. So I think that his issues are pretty similar to mine. Like he had convinced himself that it was okay and that he was fine with it. And obviously that was not the case. Uh, we're still open to working on it, but we both, both seem to have a lot of the same issues talking about our own feelings and discomfort. So to work on these things, I'm in therapy. Been going for, to therapy since the start of the year, so for about nine and a half months. I just recently started being honest with my therapist fully about our relationship. I hadn't told her that we'd broken up before or that there had been, you know, cheating on some level. Progress feels kind of slow, but I definitely feel like if nothing else, my blinders are kind of removed as far as knowing that I am prone to talking myself out of feeling things that I feel. I'm working on the Codependent No More workbook, which is going really slow. It's a 12-step book. I'm pretty early in. But there's a lot I relate to, and I'm hoping as I get further, it'll help change some of these behaviors that I've adopted. I really struggle, I think, the most, and I, I think a lot of people have this issue with 12-step programs, in how much it's about kind of turning to God, and I'm kind of like, yeah, well... I don't know. I mean, you can make that whatever, like, it doesn't necessarily have right. to be a God, right. like, right. I, like, like into the universe exactly exactly which is what i i do i i kind of frame it as the universe as opposed to a god i've been looking into attachment styles i'm pretty sure i'm the disorganized uh, attachment which is particularly rough i'm hoping that learning about it and you know what caused it and what effects that that has will open up healthier pathways to secure attachment i'm trying to learn about me i'm not particularly good at journaling i don't like writing things down where people might see it. So I made a private Instagram where I could try new things, process how I feel about them. When I make a big decision, post about it, write how I feel about it, and it'd be kind of a, an anonymous uh, thing just for me to go back and look at. And then I've been trying to communicate more honestly and directly. 
being okay with not being okay when people ask how I am, not just being like, oh, everything's great, you know, and marriage is falling apart, work sucks, life is a bitch, but I'm <laughs> amazing. Telling people when I'm hurt or sad, angry, stressed, and why, uh, and processing those feelings as honestly as I can when they come up, instead of cramming it all to one side and taking months or years to acknowledge them. That's where I'm at. Sounds fun. That's (laughs) delightful. (laughs) Well, I am Cassie and I am 33. Hold on. I just want to, I just want to say something because while you were talking, I, something kind of hit me because like 15, right? It was when you stopped being an asshole, like, and you went into this like super toxic positivity. That's literally when we became friends. And I was like, like, and we had known each other before, but we had never, like, had that connection. And I'm thinking, like, oh, what, like, at that point in my life, I was like, okay, I need some talk. Like, I needed something good to happen, like, some positivity. And so I'm like, was that what drew us together? Was, like, <laughs> we were both just so fucked up. Like, <laughs> Is our 20-year friendship just us having trauma bonded at 15 right. years old? <laughs> And now, like, 20 years later, we're both like, oh, shit, let's get over all these issues finally. (laughs) We were meant to be. It was. was. (laughs) Thanks, universe. That was a good thing. (laughs) Good on you. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, I'm Cassie. I'm 33 years old. I am newly single after being married. I mean, we weren't. We were married for six years together for 10. Prior to that, I was married again. We were together for six or for five years, I think. So, and I jumped into that relationship pretty quickly right after my first husband and I got a divorce. So essentially I am, I've never been single. Like every single part of my life that I can remember since I was Hmm, probably like 15 or so when I had my first serious boyfriend, I've been like, I found somebody immediately afterwards. And like, I even did that with my, like with this most recent relationship too, where I, you know, started dating somebody right as soon as like I was out of my marriage and then that didn't work out. And instead of getting into another relationship, I was like, okay, so now I've got to heal from I'm just going to, like, be single and heal. And so this is, like, this is the first time I've ever actually healed from a relationship. And it's, like, that wasn't even that long of something, but it's, like, all of those all of those past partners and issues and pain that I had had is, like, hitting me all at once because it's been culminating for, right, for years and years. You didn't take any time off. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So I'm, like, ah, shit, I've got all these things that i got to work on. If I would have just worked on them between – each person, I might be a little bit normal. Anyways, so I have some abandonment issues. My therapist, essentially, like, she tells me that basically my loving people isn't actually loving them. It's just trying to people please them out of fear that they're going to leave me. And that stems from my childhood. I had, my dad was absent in and out. He was an alcoholic and drug addict and so he there'd be years where he just wouldn't just wouldn't 
communicate with us or talk to us or anything and it would be out of the blue like he'd come back in and then all of a sudden he'd be gone again so i had a lot of issues with that my mom lady love her but she was very emotionally distant um because she had a lot of shit going on in her life and she was dealing with how to be a single mom and all of that so she wasn't always the most available so i really didn't learn how to process a lot of the negative emotions that I was having, blamed a lot of, like, this, the abandonment on myself, and I would sit back and wonder, like, what did I do to mess up? And then whenever my dad would come back around, I'd be like, okay, now I have to do everything possible to be the best daughter ever, and that way he won't leave. Because if I prove that I'm a good daughter and make him love me more, then he's not going to leave. But he'd still leave again, and I'd still try my hardest, and it, it wouldn't work. So I, I just drug that same mentality into all of my relationships. And it has turned out, like, instead of actually thinking about what my needs were, I've just kind of got with emotionally distant and unavailable partners who I needed to fix. And I wanted to help them instead of help myself. Right. If so, you can be a good enough partner, like right. they'll open up and they'll will connect. Exactly, exactly. And we're gonna have that that strong relationship. But that it doesn't work like that. So weird. Like you can't change somebody and that's wild. Like my most recent husband was very emotionally distant. You know, we went through we went through several times where we had issues and we'd fight and I I communicate my needs I wouldn't like I never really was like I didn't hold those back like I would say what I needed but whenever he didn't meet those I wouldn't hold him accountable for that I'd just be like I'd just get upset and I those resentments would build so after years of that last year we split up briefly and we're supposed to fix things things changed for a very short period of time and then they they just went back to normal and then over the summer I kind of just got fed up with it and decided to leave. So now after all of that, I have really decided to start focusing on myself, learning what I need to make myself happy because I don't know how to make myself happy. I'm used to making everyone else happy. My happiness comes from others validating that they love me or that they're happy with me. So as far as, like, actually just going out and doing something that I enjoy, that's not something I'm used to. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Right now I'm doing a lot of journaling, like inner child work, and I've been looking, like, I've been working on the self-esteem workbook, which has been helpful to kind of, you know, make me realize that I am a good person and I am worthy without having somebody else have to tell me I'm worthy of love. So that's where I'm at. The end. Uh, (laughs) So obviously, Cassie and I have very similar issues. And throughout the course of me going to therapy and talking to my therapist about this and then discussing those things with Cassie, she has been like, oh, my gosh, yes, I relate to this. I, Mm -hmm. I feel that way, too. And we were kind of discussing how it's kind of funny that our issues are all the same and that maybe we could kind of help each other process things as we learn to love ourselves and 
figure out our own needs and figure out our shit. <laughs> right, heal these inner child issues and attachment issues, etc. And like I said, I'm very bad at like journaling and stuff like that. So I felt like this would be a good way to kind of document our progress and be able to look back on previous episodes and be like, okay, this is where I was one month ago, six months ago, a year ago, and here's where I'm at now. So here's how I'm, I'm progressing. Uh, and it would be a good way to, again, validate ourselves on, look, we are putting in the work. We are, are doing the things that we should be doing. So we don't get so discouraged because that is thing that I do for myself is just like, Oh, you're getting nowhere. Just quit. (laughs) If the dopamine isn't there, neither am I. Uh, (laughs) um, We both have ADHD too. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly, that's our hyper-focus, and we're like, nope. Right, and I also felt like this would be nice, like, obviously, it would be great if this, if we had a podcast and it took off and, you know, it was successful, but at the same time, I feel like, like, when I'm watching TikToks about these, these same issues, like when people are talking about their problems with codependency or their attachment issues, their abandonment issues, it's really nice to just hear that somebody else also is going through that. Obviously, I don't want other people to suffer like me, but it's good to know that I didn't create something uniquely terrible, like that healing is possible, etc. So, you know, even if only we listen to this or 10 people ever listen to this, hopefully we can give other people that feeling of validation and togetherness as well. Like, Hey, I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only person who ever let childhood trauma or partners or substance abuse or whatever get in the way of being a whole and healthy human being. It happens and it doesn't make us bad people. It doesn't make us broken people. It just means that we fell off the path a little bit and have to find our way back. I think that's a really nice thing about like, technology and social media and all of that right now because like yes there is a possibility to get addicted to it and you it's easy to get validated by like letting those likes validate you and stuff like that but just being able to see that there's so many people going through similar things that you're going through and it's not like you're not alone in this um is a really really powerful thing like I I know growing up I went through there's a lot of things that I was going through and I felt so alone because I didn't have anyone else who who I was around that had those same issues really until I met you and and not even like we didn't even have necessarily the same exact issues but they were similar enough that we were like okay we're both fucked up so (laughs) (laughs) tie it together (laughs) yeah exactly I think it's just really a really powerful thing that you know you can connect with people like that right I think that it's important like when you're Whether you're a creator, like a TikTok creator who speaks on specific things, or you're a consumer and you're just watching those things, is to not let that feeling of validation of your feelings put you on a plateau. Like, don't look at somebody else who – I don't want people to look at my struggle and be like, okay, well, she's going through the same thing, so I'm perfectly fine. (laughs) You know, like, it's not not like that. Like, you have to let 
that that connection open you up to the ways that you need to heal like not just say like all right well other people have this problem too like it's not just me so people can fucking deal with it you got to make sure that you are putting in the work to to heal those things too because you know on the off chance that we were to become successful in some way and people hear our our story our our progress our struggle and connect with it like I would love to be able to hear from other people and say hey like I know you're doing xyz to work on this but I've tried a b and c and found those really effective like Mm -hmm. pool resources and ideas because Quite frankly, researching all this stuff can be very overwhelming. Like when you oh, have sure. when you have so many issues, it's like, where the fuck do I start? Like, what do I do? And you know, hearing people say they have those issues is great, but even better is hearing them say, "And here's what I've done to fix issue A, and here's what I've done to help with issue B." And that's that's really helpful for me, and I'm sure many other people as well. So we figure that the basic format of this will be um, we are both in therapy, so we'll try to do our episodes after we've had our therapy, and we can kind of discuss things we're comfortable. Like, obviously, we don't have to discuss everything that we talk to our therapist about. But this is going to be a whole therapy session. That's right. <laughs> right. Let me just screen record those. It's fine. <laughs> but we could talk about things that really stood out to us in therapy from that, that previous session or sessions before what we, any, any, basically any big thing that has helped us. So like if we go out and do something that we've really felt like, wow, that made me feel X kind of way. I really hated doing this thing, or I really love doing this thing. Then we can, we can talk about those and every episode we can kind of dive deeper into one particular issue and researching on that. So I figure our next episode, we will start with kind of attachment styles and where we fall in that. We discussed a little bit of it and how those have affected us and ways like the origins and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like how, how our childhood led to those because while Cassie and I have similar issues, our childhoods really weren't all that similar. So it's really kind of interesting to piece the ways that we both got the same effect from different causes and then discussing ways that we are working on that or how we hope to work on it, what we'd like the end result of our, like, obviously I think secure attachment is probably the goal, but like what that looks like to us, what that hopefully will mean for our future. So that will be on next time. So satisfied. The podcast. I just I'm really excited this is kind of the same for me where it's like I want to you know track my progress and figure out like how I'm growing and how I'm healing from these things and and it's not something like it's not linear growth isn't linear so it's something that maybe like there may be times on here where we're backtracking and that also gives us an opportunity to say like hey this like people are not infallible and and an opportunity for us Maybe to kind of call each other out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so look forward to that because I'm sure I will mess up. Like, right, right. <laughs> just, 
if anyone's gonna mess anything up, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Right. <laughs> so I'm gonna make some terrible decisions. It's very important <laughs> to remember that having that one bad day or that slew of bad days, a bad month does not totally stop your progress. And I hope right. that in six months I can look back on the the episode we recorded in three months ago where no, mm-hmm. I didn't fucking do shit this week. Like I right. laid in bed <laughs> and ate cookies and went to work exactly. and that was it. <laughs> and that was all I did. I did not heal myself. Sorry, my bad. And then then I picked it back up again and I got back on track and right. kept going. So Exactly. Exactly. So but yeah, that's all I have to really add to that. Cool. So. Wonderful. So we will see you guys uh next week. Okay.